0: Hello and welcome to Reflex Point, your weekly podcast, sometimes, where we review and discuss the series Robotech one episode at a time. We're your hosts, Major Medina.
1: And I'm Paul Marquez.
0: And this week, we're talking episode nine, Miss Macross. So before we get into that, let's
1: uh, let's give a little bit of um, kudos. I guess we're just, what would you call it?
0: Like um, A grand thank you? yes that yeah let's give a grand thank you out to uh instagram user robotech defense force or the rdf who featured us this week on their page and we also want to say welcome to any anyone who is listening for the first time because of that post um it was amazing to be featured they they reached out and asked if we'd mind and of course we excitedly said yes uh, and we've had a lot of people like it, and we couldn't be happier or, or, or more thankful. So we wanted to give a shout-out at the beginning and say, really, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you.
1: It's super humbling when, we, when I just see the, the little ticker move up to one follow, you know, or one more like. 100%. 100%. So all of you out there who have listened, again, thank you so much. So I'd like to announce something. If we can reach 500 followers on Instagram, at reflex.pod, I say we randomly select someone and send them some Robotech-related merchandise. What do you think?
0: I love the idea.
1: Okay, 500 followers, okay? So everybody, if we can get that, you'll share with your friends, share with your buddies, we will randomly select someone. Um now the the entries will stop at 500 and we're going to follow it closely if you're 501 you're going to have to wait till the next one okay but if you're 499 you have a chance to win something random but it'll be worth it
0: Love it great idea So uh Miss Macross aired originally on American television on March 14th 1985 and the synopsis reads Minmay enters a beauty contest being staged to raise morale while Rick goes out on patrol. At crew of Zentradi scouts, ordered to learn more about their enemy, tap into the contest feed and struggle to comprehend human culture.
1: All right, man, that's a great synopsis. You know, if you're trying to get everything down in one or in one paragraph, yeah, that that about sums it up. And I believe this was one of the pivotal episodes of Robotech, you know. At least the first Robotech war,
0: I I think so too. I'd I'd be interested to hear why you think that. So,
1: <laughs> I think it, it became so pivotal because at, it it the one episode diverges into two different actions going on at one time, and it plays off of each other so perfectly.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. You know, and even as a little kid, you know, where you just want action and guns and missiles and explosions the other part of it which was less exciting but was still it had you on your seat wondering you know is men making to win this thing and they put it together perfectly
0: yeah yeah that that's a really good explanation for me i was just gonna say we're getting uh we are seeing for the first time some zentradi reactions to human culture right Yes, and that's gonna play yes. big. In, in fact, with our with our three pilots there, uh, Zentradi pilots, that's gonna play big. To have it uh, up against this, you know this this beauty contest. Um, if you know what's gonna happen later on, you watch this episode differently and you watch it more closely.
1: Definitely. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Rick and Min Mei are having tea at a coffee shop, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, Rick. Rick has asked Min May over to uh, Variation. Strange name for a place.
1: Do you see that from the from the American version, or did, or how did you know the name? Because I I didn't know the name of the of the cafe. It's on the window uh, that they are looking out of. And she shows up, or does she?
0: Uh, are they already there? I think she shows up, right? Yeah. So he's sitting down, and and she shows up. It, what from what looks like school, I would imagine, because uh, she it looks like she's wearing a, a school uniform.
1: And she asks him, "What did you want to see me about?" Right? <laughs>
0: yes. So he asked her there to then ask her on a date. Like, can we? Can we...
1: <laughs> That's a little redundancy, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Hey, can we go have coffee? I'd like to ask you out on a date. Is that a brilliant move? Is this something I should have done? <laughs> Like meet me here at right? this date at this time, don't have anything else to do. I need to talk with
1: you, and then when they get there, oh hey, I was thinking of asking you on a date. <laughs> well, aren't we on one right now <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh he he asks her out on a date, uh, but then she informs him that he is or she's super busy at the restaurant,
0: right um which it seemed weird to me when I, as I was watching it, right. Like, oh, right, you have to work. Uh, I forgot. And then he looks outside and sees the sky up and and notes, whoa, uh, a sky. So that kind of like, it, it's, a, it's a two-part explanation of, wow, Rick has really been distracted this entire time. Uh, he should have known that Minmay had to work later that day. And then also, he hasn't even noticed the sky. Obviously, he got there. And he's been living in in the city, uh, but hasn't looked up to even notice that there's a brand new sky up.
1: Which I guess is possible, but you're right. I mean, that's got to show that he is distracted. You know, I mean, it's those times where where you have a week, you know, where you just can't get anything straight.
0: Yeah. uh, And I think um, when you look at it that way, it's really showing you or or in some ways telling you but it's it's showing you he's really distracted um you know one thing before we move on one thing i wanted to note on this episode is this one does not begin with uh voiceover we don't get any explanation or or any backup um or or any character setting from uh from our old uh narrator j.j smith that's right
1: right it goes straight into the episode doesn't
0: it yeah it was a little jarring a little weird. You know, I always want to hear his voice. And it's always refreshing to
1: get that little bit of, okay, this is what happened before, and here we're at now,
0: you know? You know what? I didn't know I would miss it as much until I didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, wait, wait, what's going on? What's happening? Why are we just starting in this episode? That's not how this works. This can't be, right? <laughs> Did I skip something? <laughs> Certainly I didn't <laughs> skip the opening.
1: You rewind uh, just to make sure. Oh just to there make was no, no only two minutes. There was in. no narrative. So then you pause it and you make a narration yourself in your head.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I just thought it was a very strange thing. So yeah, Min explaining that the uh that Robotech research made the sky.
1: And you know what? I believe we did mention this earlier, uh in you know, in the in the podcasts mm-hmm. where um I had mentioned that the books, because remember there was a big piece of like weird equipment. Yep. I want, I want to say what, was it episode one or two? Two, it right? Is It's right after they rebuilt the city. Okay. And, and so I was thinking that my, that might be the projector that made this artificial
0: environment. Yeah, we were talking about that being, you know, because there was a, a night and day at that time.
1: So now I'm not so convinced that what we saw in that episode was what's making this environment anymore, you know? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's, it's, it's partially utilized or they found out, hey, we could do this with it. Right. But it wasn't the original uh, plan for, for that, that whatever that hanging thing was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it, again, it, to me, it looked like a casino's you know, uh, uh, eye in the sky which may be what it is, it may also be, and we we talked about this in in a previous episode, it may be uh, uh, climate control, Um, but but not a projector of a literal sky.
1: And I think that 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 would be one of the things that would be uh, essential for them to develop because
0: that would go a long way to keeping the civilians, you know, calm, calm, that seems to be in fact, this entire episode's kind of centered around that. They're holding a beauty contest. you know, they're keeping people distracted. they did they opened up the the white dragon it, it, and, and we talked about this previously they're they're probably taking the rations and and filtering them through you know restaurants in the city so that people can go to the city and have a meal instead of going to stand in line to get some meals because that's how, that seemed inefficient. Uh, they're having a beauty contest. You know, they're, they're starting up a, a broadcasting station.
1: Right. And all these things, you know, necessary for the human psyche to to somewhat healthily
0: uh, maintain. Right. Yes. There is this, though, if people were going to be on a ship and, and we are assuming it's going to be for a very long time, it could have been something that had been developed in a way to. Uh, keep people's—I uh, forget what they call it—is it the circadian rhythm, so that they fall asleep at the right time and wake up at the right time,
1: like like the biological clocks and you know
0: internal clocks like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. Because once you lose the track, of, like track of time, you know, mm-hmm. like 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 when people let's say for instance go to Alaska from from the lower forty-eight, you know, right, um, they have a hard time adjusting when night is only like an hour or two and it's not even that dark
0: anyway right right never gets pitch black
1: and that can make you crazy
0: yeah yeah it it definitely would um and you know minmei makes note of that a little bit Um, but i am i i am at a little bit of a loss as to why rick says sunsets in in that surprised way
1: uh, it's it's gotta go to his
0: confusion, right his 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 absent mindedness <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's like she said a brand new word or something like that, right, right? Yeah. He's what <laughs> Sunsets. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, so then we we cut over to Max and Ben. Max is in overalls, and I couldn't tell if that's a flight suit or like a mechanic suit. It looks like a mechanic suit, right? That, that's what I thought and then I thought, well I don't know maybe they're they're wearing that flight suit underneath the whenever they put the actual um, outfit on.
1: And it makes sense for a pilot to know you know the, the, the me- mechanical operation of their of their vehicles, but why would he be wearing a mechanic suit like he's not a
0: an engineer, right 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 now I, maybe he was just cleaning it and didn't want to get his hands dirty, you know getting the oil off.
1: Right, because I could see that, too, where, let's say, it's assumed that he's brilliant, right, just by his piloting skills alone. Yes. So, he probably knows this ship inside and out, and, and he may have known it, you know, on a rogue level, so to say, meaning that he doesn't have a specific study of the technology behind it, but he's learning as much of it as he can on his own. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, they forgive him for doing that. They go, oh, yeah, here, put this on, you know. And, and hell, if he makes the life easier for all the maintenance engineers, <laughs>
0: yeah. let him do it, you know. Why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So, in the scene, uh, Ben is telling Max that May is going to be in a beauty pageant. So, a couple of questions. I've been excited to talk about this part. Well, first off. Is this immediately following that? Is this the same day? Is this at the same time? Or is this many days afterwards? Wow. I don't think we can really tell, right?
1: Right, right. In my mind, I guess I've always played it as happening at the same time from what happens later on, you know? Right,
0: right. But th- that is to say that Mei doesn't know she's going to be in the beauty pageant while she's having coffee with Rick. And that would mean that if this was immediately after, that would mean that Ben knew that Min May was going to be in a beauty pageant before Min May knew she was going to be in a beauty pageant. Or did Min May just not tell Rick while they were at the coffee face to face? She wanted to do it over the phone because it would be easier. I don't know. She doesn't seem the kind to to hold her tongue.
1: Right, right, man. It could be all of the above, you know, because fucking rumors, you know. Like let's just say that. This thing's been announced, and now, you know, like like people who know Minmay, because of, again, it's, I know it's 70,000 people, but that's a village, you know, all, all things considered. Yeah. And when you have that kind of close-knit society, people know everybody's business, and all it takes is one person to say, hey, you know who should be in that? Minmay. And by the time it gets to Ben, it's like, you know who's going to be in that? <laughs> Minmay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because I was gonna say that, that would literally mean that gossip spread faster than it got to the actual participant.
1: But it, it, that it, shit happens all the time.
0: Yeah, it does, and and it may be seventy thousand people, but it's only twenty eight women who are getting selected for this. So, you know, it's kind of like Claudia. I believe Claudia says, you know, that girl from the Chinese restaurant's pretty hot. Uh, she knows of Min Mei some way. Even Claudia Grant. And and yeah, exactly. Because
1: word of mouth is spreading and, and, and you know, Min Mei's charisma has affected a lot of people to this point already, you know?
0: Yeah. So then that immediately cuts to Macross Broadcast System Commercial announcing its inaugural Miss Macross Contest, which, if you notice,
1: they're already playing Stage Fright as their mus- musical, you know, announcement.
0: And it's kind of a joke, right, uh, to loyal watchers of, of Robotech. Minmay's only got a couple of songs. <laughs> and, and they're already blowing it with one of them. Well, we see this commercial at least three times, and we hear the song played even during the, the contest.
1: So what's your best explanation for it? Because I've got one, man.
0: Best explanation? Uh, okay, so I thought, I had the thought, she heard it. It was a jaunty tune and she threw some lyrics to it.
1: So, okay, so after the after the um the pageant, she put lyrics on it?
0: Yeah. You know, she she heard it on the commercials because we watch her or we see her watching the commercial on a, a vid screen on the street. Uh she's in the competition itself. I'm sure she saw the commercials a lot and just couldn't get it out of her head and said, you know what? Stage fright, flashing. Mage, mage, mage. Yeah.
1: You are so naive, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So think of it in this terms, okay? Uh-huh. Number one, there's, there's Hollywood people already involved. And so there's people that are no strangers to production in the 70,000 people that are there. Yes. Okay. So they want to come up with something big, you know, they're like, like th- those type of people still want to do a great job of whatever they're putting
0: out there. Oh, they, they have a tight shot on one of the cameramen, and he looks into In fact, he looks like he's from G.I. Joe, really.
1: <laughs> right, okay. Because they they are into this. They are going to make something of this because they need to. It is critical at this point for mm-hmm. the survival of the ship, not to mention the kudos they can get for pulling
0: this off. Right. You have a captive audience.
1: Yes, Yes, because what what are they gonna? What else are they gonna watch? They're gonna get a hundred share on this thing, right? Yes, right. They, they will get seventy thousand likes at least on their Facebook page because they're gonna <laughs> get it. <You> know, <laughs> so, what I think of it is like this. Remember, uh, American Idol, right? Uh huh. When Kelly Clarkson won. Her the, the the very first American Idol. Yeah. At the very end of it, you know, the, the end of the contest, she sang that song. A moment like this. Yes. That was already made, man. That was already they had that shit for whoever was gonna win, had a hit song waiting for them. <laughs> oh wow. So. They put all this together and they had this stage fright song, which was perfect because whoever won was going to go up there and be like, and maybe they already knew of Min Mei and knew she was going to win and even put that out there for her to make it like, this is my big day. This is my time to be a star.
0: Yeah. Yeah. By the and way, so they, I, I just want to say the song is called time to be a star. I don't, I don't want to get the hate uh, comments.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> time to be a star. You're right. You're right. I, I assume just because of the chorus That it would be stage fright. (laughs) So they already had it ready, you know, and Uh, they they put so they, you know, they they put it out there in that commercial part of it. But when the winner came, bam, instant hit, instant success. And there you go.
0: Yeah, I got to say that's a pretty, pretty good conspiracy theory.
1: (laughs) Why, thank you. As I dust off my shoulders, thank you.
0: <laughs> Why don't you take a, a self-satisfied sniff? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's great. <laughs>
1: um, so we find out where it says um, uh, there will be 400 applicants. Viewers will decide who wins.
0: Yeah. It, it, one thing um, that it's a, a beauty contest. Now, is this in any way related to the Miss Macross contest from from episode five?
1: Oh my God! What was that letter for?
0: It was it was for Miss Macross, but it was described as a singing com- uh, competition at that point.
1: It had to have been. Maybe that's what they did. Is 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 enough? You know what I mean? When the when the when the military said, "Okay, we've got to f- figure out what to do with these people and keep them." calm you know and keep let's just make normal life go on somebody was like hey we were going to have a contest before all this stuff happened let's continue with it
0: yeah yeah now the the only thing that kind of hits into that is during the commercial they do announce it as it's uh, inaugural Miss Macross contest so maybe they had it as originally like a singing competition but they're like well you know who knows how many people how many women can sing but we sure do have a lot of beautiful women out here um, and judging from, well, or gauging by the judges at this contest, they're all a bunch of creepy guys anyway. <laughs> right. right. Like, just turn it into a beauty contest, everyone. <laughs> Emphasis on the bathing suit part. <laughs> uh, we don't need to bring talent into this, people. <laughs>
1: Okay, so and so yes, you know what? It probably was, but even I mean, it may not have been either. I I think it probably would have been related to that point, and then they just said, "Hey, well, let's do it."
0: Well, I would have imagined with the way that you know Min was excited by it, and rightfully so, that she'd been accepted, that she would have either assumed she was going to be part of that contest, or she would have really petitioned for it. Like, hey, I had received a notice that I was going to be part of the Miss Macross back on Earth. Yeah, have to take me. It seems like she would have jumped right on that.
1: Right, until the part where she says the mayor entered
0: her without her knowledge. Right, right. Um. So, I, you know, at, at this point, we're watching the commercial. The commercial ends, and we see that min or the commercial is still going through it, and we see that she's watching it, And you just, you can't get anything from it. Like, I'm trying to piece it all together. Does she already know that she's, oh, wait a second. The fact that it cut back to her watching it on the, well, no. I was going to say, this would have been immediately after her exiting variation. Right, right. So it's not at this point yet, right? But I don't know. It it doesn't have to be. You know, I'm just putting it together because of how normal editing and storytelling is told visually. Uh, but this doesn't have to be same day. In, in fact, in my recollection, I cannot remember if she's wearing the same thing even.
1: Oh, damn. That would have been a good note.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But so she's sitting there watching it. And again, I get no facial expression. I don't know if she knows she's a part of it already. If she's or or if she doesn't know, you know, has the mayor told her and why wouldn't the mayor have told her immediately? Hey, I'm entering you this or the moment she got accepted because, again, gossip has already spread. Uh her watching it on the commercial is is after chronologically is after Ben and Max had just spoke
1: right but the mayor the mayor may be a liaison you know to military and the entertainment part of it all together so when they're like so who are we going to have in this thing and you you know some dude was like hey Janice Morrison is out here mm-hmm. and he was like yeah but you know who can give her a run for her money because he's already got a special kind of like for Min Mei. You oh know? yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And so I could see him like saying, "Hey, let's put her in there." I'm telling. I love this mayor, Tommy Luan, for president. He's a good wingman. He'll uh, he'll enter your daughter into a beauty competition. Make Macross great again. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, we, we're we're cutting back to to Ben explaining that he and Max. Uh, don't need to uh, work on Saturday night. Rick has given the squad the day off. Yeah. to
1: vote for Min May.
0: Yeah, Max saying, I don't know, maybe he's just in love or something.
1: So this now that seems to jump a little bit ahead of all this. Okay, mm-hmm. and and for for one, it follows the theme because Rick has fucked up royally this whole entire episode. Okay, and this is the beginning part of it right now. Because he gives his squad the day off. Later on, we're gonna find out why. But like, did he think he had the authority to just say, "Hey, guys, don't have to show up"? I don't. I.
0: I don't know what it is with this guy. Uh, y- you know, from from his actions in this episode specifically. Uh, but, you know, given what he ends up doing, one not being on standby, and knew he wasn't gonna be on standby telling his other people like if i had ben and max i'd be like hey i'm gonna go support min may can you guys cover me and call me if things get crazy
1: exactly that, that's what that's how you delegate
0: that's Instead, he's of like being the guy in charge right instead he's like we
1: don't have to do shit guys let's go
0: <laughs> yeah. hey none of us are gonna be here it's important for min may i i do get the fact that he wants more people there to support her because you know the winner will be chosen by you right
1: right so maybe after Roy talked to him then he gets then this is when this conversation happens you know mm-hmm. because because it doesn't make sense right now because okay so Ben says that you know uh they've been given the day off to vote for min May. Max exclaims that maybe he's just in love then we switch to Rick on the phone talking to Min May, and he says what like I wish you hadn't entered that he don't like it
0: and he already knows about it. So did he well, call her wait, up specifically?
1: Wait, but does he does he if he did, he already
0: how, gave Max and Ben the day off.
1: Okay, that's what I'm saying. Maybe somewhere they got that mixed up. Because oh, okay. how how unless okay, but see the only way that works is that fucking Ben is an idiot, okay? And <laughs> so who knows what he actually heard, and then he's talking to Max about it and saying, We got the day off. <laughs>
0: You know, just thinking about that. Okay, imagine you're Ben and Max, right? Uh-huh. And and you hear like, okay, we're the only guys on uh, standby. Darn, it's the weekend. I really wish I could have go, gone out. And then your boss comes in and says like, oh, no, you guys, gotta, you guys have the day off. And you're like, that's a really dumb idea, Rick. I'm not going to tell you that because I want the day off. <laughs> and that's why Ben's like, yeah, you know, love can make you crazy. It's just like, yeah, this is a terrible decision, but I'm not the one who's making it. I'm only following orders. So that makes me wonder if the scenes got kind of switched somewhere. Well, they didn't. I didn't notice it when I watched the original uh, Japanese version. I didn't notice it mixed. There's a the, the dialogue's a little bit different. Um, although I mean, ultimately, it is a, a setup for the for the commercial. They do play that. They do play the commercial as many times, which <laughs> it, I. I really thought it was funny that just every so often they would mention it and then, like Beetlejuice, it would appear, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) And it's it's because, like, the minute it comes on, you're like, stage light flashing, you know, in your head. That gets in your head, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Brought to you by Petit Cola. (laughs) (laughs) The Feeling Smashing. Uh, so...
1: So, Ricky ain't happy about it. And you know what? I can't say I blame him, man. Like, I wouldn't really be super stoked about my chick being on,
0: or in, a beauty contest, you know? Okay. So, I, I do understand that. And I think, I think, especially 19-year-old, all of us males would feel the exact same way. The other part is, is you saw how excited she was when she got the acceptance letter to the Miss Macross um, contest, singing competition. And how upset she was that we probably weren't going to make it back to Earth. And then Rick saying, hey, well, maybe we'll be back in time for you to go to that. And that was was him comforting her, right? But it really makes you look like kind of a hypocrite to say like, hey, maybe we'll get back in time. No problem. Don't even worry about it. In fact, that's the only time he's optimistic about anything, right? Because it's usually the reverse. And then she actually gets into it. And he's like, boy, I wish you hadn't entered that.
1: All right, that's the epitome of hypocrisy, bro. He, <laughs> he, you know, at, at that point, because at that, you know, she wasn't, you know, quote unquote his. But now he feels that she is. Yeah. And he's not he's, he's not happy about it. I don't blame him, but I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's mature, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I don't I don't blame him for having the feelings. I do blame him for saying something right like right. i mean for me personally i would have never said anything i would have just held on to resentment and then 30 years later died of
1: cancer right <laughs> <laughs> of a fucking stroke from that day right <laughs> yes yeah and so especially and that's since when she I, wins yeah
0: Oh, spoiler so the, alert by the way
1: that's when we find out at this point 28 uh now exist 28 contestants exist
0: Right, because we do uh, another quick cut right back to the Miss McCross commercial, which I think in screen time is really only two minutes since the last time we saw it. <laughs> right. I I, I got to tell you, just I was laughing so much by the third time it plays. Yeah, you
1: know. Right, but we get it. You know, there, there's a there's a contest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I, you know what, that also probably tells you like. They're trying to convey how important this is and how much they hyped it up. I'm sure it's on every vid screen, every commercial. Right. Uh, and, and Posters there on every road. Yes. Um, how do you think uh, Min May felt towards the mayor for entering her? Like super thankful, super excited. Um, obviously, she's going to be nervous. Or was she like, wait, what? Why did you do that? That's weird.
1: I think she was all about it, dude.
0: Yeah, and I, I would imagine the way the, the mayor, the silver-tongued mayor that he is, would have presented it, you know, would have been like, not only did I enter you, but it's, you know, I believe in you, it's for our city, you know, you're representing us. Uh, I, I think he would have really talked it up quite a bit.
1: Right, that and the fact that she she wants to be famous, like she, she craves attention. She's already, she's proved this from episode one, you know? No, I, I think she's good with it
0: yeah i I would agree i just i i do wish we had been able to see it because it's more robotech don't hate on me for that oh yeah no ain't no hate
1: <laughs> nothing but love homie
0: nothing but love <laughs> so then
1: uh we cut to roy he's kind of surprised right apparently rick's talked to
0: him about it and he's like don't tell me you're jealous i like rick's response here i guess i'm acting kind of stupid aren't i Yep. He admits to
1: being stupid.
0: Yeah, and I feel like he can really do that with Roy. Roy, his mentor. Another another point for Roy. Boy do I love Roy. And and Roy Roy, he's he's that guy, you know, like I don't see Roy ever getting jealous. That's a good point. He just seems to be uh you know, self confident fighter pilot, man about town, you know, really smooth. Um probably has the uh the cigarette handy uh, whenever it's needed, and uh, and a drink in the hand.
1: Right, right. And he's just, he's just smooth, man. And so when you know when Rick is telling him about this, like, because he he knows all about Rick and Minmay's drama, you know. He, Rick tells yeah. him it appears everything, and he's like, "Are you fucking jealous, dude? <laughs> Get out of here with that."
0: You know, I guess, I guess I'm the jealous one. Because I, I'm thinking back to that time when I'm, when I'm 19 and, you know, even though there were people there that I could have talked to, I, I just, I didn't talk to anybody about any of those kind of things.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so now the Zentradi, so, so we get to another commercial, but this time the Zentradi are watching it.
0: Yes. And, uh, but they're getting a weak signal. So yes. they're only getting a little bit of it and, uh despite that that darn song still sticks in my head <laughs> you know and it is a it is a criticism of robotech that people have that a she only sings a couple of songs but she sings them over and over and over again uh whereas in the original she sings multiple songs and and also that they're pop songs instead of kind of love songs um it's never bothered me that it's the same Song, you know, same thing with with uh, with Yellow Dancer.
1: I think those songs are so catchy, you know, that like each war is not so long that you get to the point where you're tired of them, you know, mm-hmm. maybe for some hardcore purists, but like, I think it's easily forgivable.
0: I think that's where a lot of criticism comes from, because you have something to compare it to, you know, and I was talking about how um, in the original Mid May is. Her dialogue's just better and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bump you the, the same way um, as as the American version can and, and why a lot of people put a lot of hate on on Minmay. Um, but I also attribute that fact to they love their boy Rick Hunter and Minmay don't, you know, and that yeah. fr- frustrates people. You know, it's not it's not quite a love triangle. It gets a little bit more so, but it's not quite a love triangle. It's more a guy who's not ready to accept his 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 true love uh, because he's hung up on a girl he shouldn't be hung up on. On the wrong person. Right. Right. Anyhow, that's those are just my thoughts on it. So they're getting a weak signal and Britai orders a, a recon patrol being sent to, to be sent out. So then we meet Rico Braun and Conda. Um, obviously, more on them in future episodes, but we meet Rico piloting the Cyclops Scout. That's
1: right. That's kind of interesting that they know that a Cyclops would have that one eye, and that's what <laughs> you know. It's probably gives it the name Cyclops.
0: Okay, so we're gonna have to take a little bit of a a dip through logic on this one. So when Breya and Exidor are watching the broadcast, Exidor mentions that the uh, broadcast isn't strong enough or the signal isn't strong enough for them to do a good translation. So then we have to assume that when Britai and Exidor are speaking, it's being translated for us, right? Yes. So they're not speaking English. Right. Which is a good thing. Right. You know, yeah. And I have no problems with that whatsoever. So, you know, them saying Cyclops, I don't know, maybe it's a translation of whatever the uh, analog for the Zentradi.
1: Right, right. They they just call it a, you know, whatever, whatever scout ship. But we've yes. given it the name of a
0: Cyclops because of that one eye. Again, it's not like there's somebody actually translating it. But, you know, it's like this is the closest analog we have to what they're saying. It, it, on Earth, it would be called a Cyclops. So here's the Cyclops.
1: Mm-hmm. right. So the uh, it launches and uh, Rico, I believe the pilot, right?
0: Yes, Rico
1: announces recon mission Blue Wind.
0: Well, boy oh boy, he doesn't just announce it; he yells it, and (laughs) and has has quite the face about it too. Um, so this is you know Robert Axelrod. He is best known as the the voice of Lord Zed in the Power Rangers series. No way. Yep. Yeah, that's Robert Axelrod, and I I just want to send this out, and uh, you know, you and I talked about it when we first started recording, because we recorded this in in late 2019, but I believe as we recorded episode one, uh, which didn't come out till later, but as we recorded episode one, uh, he had just passed away. In fact, I think it was the day before we recorded episode one, or the trailer episode, Uh, September 8th, 2019. Um, and I remember us talking about whether we should do some mention of it and I knew we weren't ready to release yet and I didn't know how to do any of this stuff like editing and, and who knows if it was going to be something we ever put out at, at all. Uh, but, you know, now I get the, because he shows up on screen, we finally get, get to give him some love. Love me some Robert Axelrod. Likes Power rest Rangers. Rest in peace. Come on. Yeah, rest in peace, September 8th, 2019. Uh, but having said that, Rico kind of looks like Droopy Dog to me.
1: Like his his his
0: eyebrows kind of drag, yeah, huh? or, and or his, sag? his cheeks kind of come out and sag too. Like he's like, "Okay, boys, we're gonna go out." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he a, a gray version of of Droopy Dog. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> anyway, now that i've I've uh, now I've dishonored <laughs> the man who played uh, Rico. That is all to say.
1: No, you've honored the man. You've just clowned the artist.
0: <laughs> so then we get to cut to outside the Miss uh, the stadium where uh, the Miss Malcross competition is uh, taking place.
1: It's underway, right? Yes,
0: and we see a garbage can pick up an empty canister, and then it pans up to see a packed house. It did make me think, if there were robots that would go around and automatically pick up stuff, uh, and clean up, you know, either sweeping or, or take a picture of you, or you know, pick up cans that are left behind. Or sell you petite cola. Exactly. Would you be any more apt
1: to litter? Probably, probably for the masses. Yes. But hopefully, like they would, you know, analyze the can, find your fingerprints, and shame you later on. Yeah. You know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's (laughs) what
0: they, when we've solved all the other problems, that's what shows up on (laughs) milk cartons pictures of people who have littered.
1: This dickhead threw (laughs) this can on this (laughs) date.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I wouldn't be more apt. In fact, I'd be more, more like. More likely to go try to find a trash can. It's not like I can be more likely to do it. I, you know, I, I'll hold on to a piece of trash for hours, trying, waiting for a, a trash can. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I saw the can on the ground, and I was just thinking, like, who threw that there,
1: dude? It was Ben. You know, it was Ben. <laughs> you know, it was fucking Ben. Come on. Oh
0: man, we're never gonna have Richard <laughs> Eckard on on this podcast, are we? Sorry, Richard. Again, we love the voice. Okay, but Lunk would never throw trash.
1: No, Lunk would not. No. Okay, so 28 beautiful women on stage. Yes. And the prize is a fan glider made by what? Iki Takayami.
0: Yes. I knew you'd have that. I knew you'd have that. Yes, yes. Um, you want to know a little information on uh, why they say it was developed by Iki Takayemi?
1: you you know i want to know some
0: information (laughs) so that name is an anagram of uh, macross mechanical artist oh boy please excuse my pronunciation here kazutaka miyatake who is a founding member of studio new um so, yeah, it's a it's an anagram for one of the mechanical artists, uh, or the mechanical artist for uh, the Macross series. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and according to Lisa, that fan liner was made right there in Macross. So so while on the ship, they developed that specific fan liner. So it's brand new. Nobody's ever seen it before. Right. So Lisa and Claudia um,
1: admire this thing like it's a Tesla, you know yeah
0: yeah good way of, of thinking about it
1: and the way the the only disappointment i have about it there's no fan gliders driving around Macross city at this point you know yeah so yeah, what's that's true so what's the point like if it was flying you from one end of the ship to the other then yeah i totally see <laughs> why it would have been awesome but if you get it and then you park it in your garage you're like okay well i've
0: got this but you know, maybe that's all part of it that, you know, having that is aspirational to them getting home more than likely, uh, especially from what we've seen previously, the global and, and everybody aboard who's part of the military, not telling the civilians what's going on. I'm sure everything is super upbeat. You know, we yeah, we had an alien attack, but we we always fight them off. And boy, oh, boy, are we going to get home soon? And maybe just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening, you know? Yeah. So I I would say it's, you you know, the the idea isn't you're going to win this and park it in your or we're going to have to hold it in a hanger for you. Uh, It's more like when we get home, boy, oh, boy, are you going to have a story to tell, Miss Macross? Yes,
1: I agree. Yeah, you're okay. You're absolutely right.
0: But I did think (laughs) it's so funny. And I, and I didn't do any research. I should have. But what's a normal prize for for a beauty contest? Is it, It's usually a scholarship, right? Yeah, right. Given where they're at, I don't know. seems like a, you have a bunch of uh, Robotech engineers on there who are fixing up the machines, I guess. Hey, let's, let's develop something. So taking it the next step further, it would have been the government that commissioned this fan liner to be used as a prize for the people to keep them sanguine with a little bit of hope in their hearts and wow, isn't that flashy and amazing? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So then they announced the judges and uh global is one of the judges. Yes. Surprisingly enough. I don't know how that happened, but I, again, I think it's, it's all part of the conspiracy, man. Yes. Deep, the the
1: deep state, man.
0: That's right. Macross Illuminati. They need to keep those sheeple in line, man. Uh, now, Lisa, on the other hand, she does note that he's attractive, so who knows? <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, he's got a certain amount of, you know, what's the word? Penage? Oh, P- 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 P-
0: <laughs> he's got gravitas, man. Yes, yeah, yeah. Global's nothing but gravitas. Uh, okay, so if I had to cast him and I didn't have to stick to Russian, I would do like a, a Pedro Pascal. I think he'd make a good global.
1: Yeah, I agree. God damn.
0: Yeah. He'd be a he'd be a damn fine captain global.
1: If he appreciated the series for what it was, yes.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, hot-ass Captain Global is a <laughs> judge.
0: <laughs> and then Claudia's chiding uh Lisa, you why- know, why didn't you enter the contest? Afraid of a little competition? And I would have loved it if Lisa had been asked to join too.
1: Like they could have put something where Global said, Lisa, you know, they're trying to do this kind of thing. They want one of you guys and I've chosen you. Wow. I think Lisa would have won. Wow. I hope Lisa would have won.
0: Okay. All right. So let's take Lisa out of the equation. You got all the bridge bunnies. Minus Lisa. If you're Captain Henry Global, if you're Captain Mandalorian Pedro Pascal Gloval, <laughs> and you know you have to do this for morale, you're already going to be a judge. You, and, and you know Global doesn't want to be there. He, he doesn't want to be judging a competition. He wants to be on the bridge. He's he's got a ship to run.
1: Right. But, he he understands the bigger picture of everything. Yeah.
0: This is his. This this is the best way to get those to get the seventy thousand survivors you know, get their, uh, morale up. So that's, that's his way of, of securing morale. And he understands that even though he would prefer not to be there and that's my own headcanon. Uh, but who would you choose of the bridge bunnies aside from Lisa?
1: Vanessa. No, wait, 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 no, 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 Sammy, Sammy. I'm sorry. Sammy. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, she's, Probably the most effervescent, right? Mm-hmm. The, the one that would pop up on a on a huge stage like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I got to go with Kim. I would I would really be well. First off, I would be punishing Sammy for saying no smoking on the bridge, sir. <laughs> um, secondly, I would be afraid the moment she had to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. although I guess I, I would be entering them not wanting them to win.
1: But you don't want to put it up somewhere there and embarrass yourself either. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I th-
0: I think I think Kim's got the grace uh, yeah. that we need.
1: Yeah, a little a little bit more maturity cuz Sammy would get up there, she'd be cute as a button, but the moment they were like, you know, so how are you going to end world hunger? She's going to be like, people are hungry and then
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> But It would have been an interesting storyline to have Lisa part of that competition.
0: Oh, it would have been great.
1: But the way they did it, too, was great as well. You know, Lisa, she just wasn't meant to be part
0: of that. No, no, she's not. She does have other things to do. I mean, Global's not on the bridge. But more importantly, it's just against character type. I don't think she would have done it. Maybe if they had spent five minutes establishing that she had to do it and she was reluctant. I mean, I guess that's a whole story. That's a whole side plot there. We we could do a whole fanfic here of of her being forced to be in it and then getting super competi, you know, super competitive against uh, Minmay. But and it goes to show that there's probably talk of this super
1: hot bridge officer who, you know, everyone's kind of like, man, have you noticed Lisa? And they're like, hell yeah, I've noticed Lisa. <laughs> but you know, she's demure enough to not put herself out there like that, you know? She's trying to gain the respect of military personnel, yes. so it's yeah. nothing about beauty, it's all about duty.
0: <laughs> you said duty.
1: <laughs> I said duty,
0: <laughs> I respect the opinion you just had, so I don't, I don't mean to, to minimize that. But you did say duty, and it was I, the last word there. Was, I did. I did. And it was I, hilarious. I, um, <laughs> don't ever no, be I, afraid
1: to call me on my duties. All right? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I agree. So the recon ship is spotted by the bridge, right?
0: Yes. Claudia.
1: Claudia asks who's on patrol tonight. Lisa states "Vermilion, led by Rick Hunter. Hey, I had a to- uh, uh, I had bought some toy that came with a patch of the Vermilion Squadron. Don't ask me where it's at. I have no idea. That's amazing. I know, but I'm stupid because I lost
0: it. Did you lose it after you you know hung it on your favorite no jacket?
1: I think my mom promised to sew it on my my Levi jacket back at the time, and
0: then it just never happened. Really? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's 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 so disappointing, but also really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I. C- I couldn't have imagined uh, that even existing, you know, You know, pre-internet. And living in a small town in New Mexico, I, I certainly had no access to any, any of those toys.
1: Yeah, I want to say it was an SDF-1 that it came with, but I got that shit at Mervyn's of all places. At Mervyn's? Yeah. <laughs> what? Dude, I'm telling you. Before the kitchen wow. closed down, we would go there for clothes. And one day there was this pile of shit, and I see an SDF one. It was eighty fucking dollars, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, "There's no way my mom's gonna buy me this. There's no way." So I, but I pulled it out, and I'm like, "Mom, please, like I've never asked you for anything. <laughs> I take care of the your three other kids and get them to school <laughs> safely because you know I was the oldest. Yeah. Can I please have this?" And it's pretty rare that your siblings ever back you up in this kind of thing. And yeah. all three of them were like, hey, mom, you should get him that toy.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. Eighty eighty bucks and that's what? Nineteen probably nineteen eighty seven, eighty nine? Yeah.
1: Something within in between those years for sure.
0: Yeah. So that's that's like a, a billion dollars today. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: she did it. And And certainly to a kid. Wow. Wow. That's a cool story. So what was funny is that the little SDF one, right? Like it was all cool as could be. The Daedalus and um, Prometheus were detachable from it.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And it had this little compartment in like the growing area of the ship that would open up and close, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so I cut out from the box all the little Veritex that were you know, advertise it and put them in that shit so that they would be able to launch, you know,
0: that's that's really that's getting all the enjoyment you possibly can out of an yes, unbelievable $80 toy. You know, you hear a lot, you know, the, the holy grail for for kids was the USS flag, right? Huge monstrosity, wildly expensive, but it never for me. I wanted two things. I wanted an SDF-1 or a Millennium Falcon. Like, those were equal to me. So, uh, Lisa calls for Rick down at the Prometheus, and he has not shown up for his patrol tonight. Cut to Rick on a bike we've never seen before with the silliest musical score I could possibly (laughs) imagine. A a jaunty military march. A circus Uh,
1: kind of event, almost.
0: A circus march—that's way more like it. I gotta admit, the only piece of music <laughs> I have not liked in this show.
1: But I think it does exacerbate the the ridiculousness of Rick's situation. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's why the music is there. There he is on his bike, and he's just like tur, 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 tur. I,
0: I I don't know where he got this bike from. I don't know <laughs> why he's riding a bike. I don't know why he didn't take a taxi. The man has a job. And he needs to get there quickly. It seems this is not the time to pinch a penny. So we talked about this in the previous episode as well. Uh, Rick's late for not having shown up at the Prometheus to check in. Why is he late again? Maybe it's just that time
1: of his life, man. Big transition, you know. You're given the opportunity where you lead now. And you're adjusting to it, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. It would have been neat for Roy to have come in at some point and said, look, you're going to mess up, but keep on keeping on.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh, Rick Hunter. Mm-hmm. So uh, we cut over to Minmay in the Wings waiting to be called and announced, and she sees Jan Morris.
1: Yeah, she seems to be scared about the competition, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, really, you know, really nervous. I, I think that's what comes through. But
1: then, there she, then there's, there's the favorite, Jan Morris.
0: Jan Morris, a movie star.
1: Yes. Now, this is one of the things I wanted to discuss with you a while back. Okay. Jan Morris, I hated Jan Morris, okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason I did is because I thought she was a bitch when Min Mae asked for an autograph. Yep. Now as an adult I realize it wasn't her it was the assistant
0: the assist, I have look you're you're going with my notes right here
1: okay crazy right cuz cuz she she kind of has a little bit of a breakdown number one she's probably from what it appears in the twilight uh years of her career yeah dude cuz ho- hollywood fame is not uh easy or 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 forgiving for anyone you know mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm yeah.
1: and you're either it or you're not. And now in the in, in the later part of her years where she could have meant one last thing, she's on this ship far away from the millions of people that admired
0: her already. you know Here's the thing. yes, her assistant was a jackass. but I can understand her frustration too. she's not so she's not so much mad at Min Mae. she's mad at the fact that now Jan, is distraught right before a competition, right? And it's her job to go take care of her and massage her, not even massage her ego, but but try to make her feel good about who she is because that, as her assistant, th- that seems to be part of her job.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. Massage her ego. That's That's what those assistants do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody comes up and like breaks it, especially since the assistant was sitting there trying to, hey, don't worry. You're not going to go out first. I fixed it.
1: I don't blame the assistant 100, you know, at all either. But, I, but like, again, when I watched it the first time, for whatever reason, I blamed Jan Morris. Yes. Now I realize it was her assistant. And now I know her assistant was just doing
0: her job. Right, right. It, yeah, just having some age and some perspective in the same way that you don't hate Minmay anymore because of our last episode. Oh,
1: fuck Minmay. I hate Min. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So then Minmay gets called up, and uh, we get a, a shot of the stadium, uh, and we see the mayor cheering uh, as well as uh, Lynn Jason. But Lynn Jason, or, or Jason, is sitting in between two unknown people, and Max and Lena are in the row behind them. Did you clock that? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, it's really, really weird. It's Jason, but he's sitting up front in, in between a man and a woman, and then Max and Lena are behind him. Um just seemed like a weird shot to me. You're right, right. Yeah. I do like that the, the mayor's sitting next to them, you know, seeing as how he entered her in the competition and <laughs> okay. probably had their blessing, you know? And we find out that Minmei, number twelve, is originally from Yokohama. And boy Rick sure notices her dress this time. Yes. Then the judges. Uh, all creepy, save for Captain Global, right, right? Who doesn't say anything? Nope. <laughs> uh, do you uh, Do you have a steady boyfriend? I've just mentioned the fact that you're 16 years old. <laughs> do you have a steady boyfriend? She on uh, she answers honestly. She's not ready to do that. Which, by the way, should be all the information Rick needs to know. And look, I I'm not gonna knock Rick for feeling bad about this point. If if that had been said about me or to me. That would have knocked me down for a spin, man. So here's the funny thing. So she says that. We see a a reaction shot of Rick uh, annoyed. But she says that, right? Like, hey, do you have a steady boyfriend? No, I'm not ready for that. I do have somebody who is like a brother to me. Then the PA system goes off. It goes, Rick Hunter, please come to the...
1: Okay, which is crazy, right? Right. And she hears it because she reacts on stage. Wouldn't that be nuts? (laughs) Like, you're like, oh, holy shit. That's exactly who I was talking about.
0: I would have tripped out. Maybe that's why she breaks a heel.
1: That's the one, like, interruption of the show. So everybody's like, what? And you know the production people are like, shut
0: up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and then let's be honest. You know Max and Ben are like, they're putting two and two together. Like, I have a real good friend who's like a big brother to me. Or like (laughs) a brother to me. Well, okay.
1: So Max even exclaims. Oh, boy, Rick's in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At this point, it all comes together. They know. Maybe we didn't have the day off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, one other thing I want to note. Original Japanese version, her response is that she has a cousin who is like a brother to her. No. (laughs) No. And of course, Rick has a, a slightly different response. I don't remember exactly what it was because I was still reeling from the idea that she said uh, she has a cousin like who's like a brother to her.
1: He would have had to.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Rick finds a, a payphone. Basically, asks for the bridge. The bridge comes up quickly. Lisa on the screen.
1: So Lisa yells at him, telling him he should be flying recon.
0: He lies and says, "I'm. I was just eating dinner." All right. I, I I'd like to think that while he was riding the bike uphill, he was he was thinking about the excuse he would use should this situation arise. Because he seemed to have that chambered pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I do know. What I like to think is that maybe riding uphill, his brain had oxygen deprivation, <laughs> and that's why these questionable decisions happened
0: at all. You mean why he shows up to Prometheus and goes ahead and gets in the armored battle? And- yes! <laughs> Look, he's he's upset because his girl... Just called him like a big brother. He's just going, don't care about my job. Didn't really want to do this in the first place. Only did it for her. Gave right. her my medal. <laughs>
1: so you get, you. what you're saying is when you're like that upset about something, you get kind of reckless about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Not to mention the fact that you can be thrown in the
0: brig. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, think about it. So jumping ahead, Rick's going to get back right? Be like, holy shit, everyone, I almost died. But check this out. I went inside the ship. Yeah, again, because that's my thing. I went inside the ship because I was looking for everybody, and they were watching the Miss Macross beauty contest. And then they'd start putting it together. Like, that was a recon ship. You know, they were out here trying to get the the broadcast or and learn more about us or or whatever it is. But you know, it must have seemed like a pretty exciting story enough to to go like, all right, we'll drop the charges.
1: <laughs> and the fact that they need every available pilot out there. Yeah. Yeah. So Lisa tells him that uh, Armored battleoid is only for special assignment.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Rick blows her off like, well, I guess I messed up. And she's like, that's an understatement.
0: Dude, like, wow, right? I I don't know. I I can only imagine he's just in that place where he doesn't care about anything. That's the only way I can justify any of this.
1: So then we see that the transmission is being interfered with uh the with a mis- macros competition and so Rick is uh waiting for the swimsuit competition when Lisa tells him to switch to laser induction uh D3?
0: Yes. D3, yeah. Well, it got interrupted while she was trying to give him coordinates, and then we see a commercial for Zenny's for the best fast food in town. (laughs) Now, the swimwear competition. Uh, It's funny that they say, you know, the swimwear competition, and then Lisa cuts back in. You know, it would just be right then. Right? (laughs) All right, here's the part I want to watch. What are you doing on there, Hunter? And like, ah, get off my screen, you old sourpuss. <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> and then the Zentrati get in range, and um, they start recording, and they're amazed that men and women are in close proximity.
0: Just that just that one scene, the in fact those that those few lines tells us everything we need to know about Zentrati gender relations.
1: Yeah, because it hints at something bigger and if you think of it from the Robotech Master's term, the way you control other people is you control the sexes, mm-hmm. and that's
0: exactly what's happened to the Zentradi. This gives you a little nugget, and if you never watch another episode, you would sit there wondering what they meant by that, you know? In fact, you would have to watch another episode, because you're like, I gotta see how this plays right, out, what does right. this even it, mean?
1: Right, it's like eating a Lay's chip, if you just eat, <laughs> if you only eat one, there's something wrong with you. Exactly. So then Rick cuts a communication with Lisa to get back to the contest, right? He's like, oh, we seem to be having issues. Lisa's like, wow, even laser induction seems to be not working.
0: Right. So then cut to Rick getting a proximity alarm. Switches yeah. screens from the beauty contest. And he almost fl- flew into the ass end of the ship, right? The yes. End of- yep. Yep. Immediately hits the uh the foot pedals going in and starts going in reverse, which I I like that shot.
1: We'll call it retros, right? They blast. Yep. And Min May is on the TV as Rick Gate engage, is engaged.
0: Uh Rick snaps out of it. Yeah, missiles launch and, and you know, Rick goes up and we only see fire all around him. That's when Min May drops to the floor. Uh and stage hands rush over to her. Almost as if to, you know, visually show us like they're connected in some way which yeah it's it's good storytelling and, i like oh, yeah. it oh yeah and then the zentradi kind of
1: write him off that they destroyed him and they're still tripping on the transmissions you Go know right
0: back to watching tv mm. and then
1: um the the, the zentradi are, then they have a, co- a a conversation as to why the uniforms are so skimpy you know oh right right they're like oh uh, you know and they're like maybe it's just protect protecting the most important parts you know
0: yeah they're assuming a, a bikini is armor
1: then they get more alerts and they're like wait you know what's we are under attack and they go like, from who and he goes that same pilot that we fired on earlier right and he's like he's still alive so then we see Minmei right walking with a broken heel
0: yeah yeah well the the shoe completely off right right
1: right then Jan Morris walks out, the crowd loves her.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: ask her to do a, a line from her movie, right? Yes. And she's like, what did she say? Something I'd love to dance, but first you'll have to step off my dress. Yeah. Okay, so then Rick unloads missiles on the enemy ship, right? Yeah, fires a payload. So he fires his missiles, the the, the Cyclops takes a few hits, fires back. And it actually sheds a little bit of his armor, and he's like, "Whoa, that was close!" Right. Well, it sheds all of it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I'm you, pretty sure we see the shots
1: knock it yeah, all off, and then we yeah. get a,
0: a clear shot of just uh, just the Veritech.
1: The Veritech. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, so then Rick, with his GU11, he just unloads on the ship, and kind of, and he disables it. You know, yep. the Cyclops. Yep. and
0: R- so- Rico has to jump from his. Point time to get in that escape pod, which has to be a tough call for Zentradi. You know, these are this is a this is a warrior people. He he probably
1: don't like it. Yeah. So he he orders the escape pod, and then then we see I think one a different version of Rick than we've seen in a while. Okay, and okay. I know I spoke to you about this a little bit before because now Rick. Pounds his way inside the ship. Mm-hmm. That's a personal decision. It's one thing to blow up someone's enemy fighter craft. It's another thing to claw your way in. Like if you're watching it from the Zentradi side, like if right. like, like it's a it's a horror movie of the alien peeling away
0: the armor to get to you. Haven't thought of that. You know what? It's it's Invid like. Yes. Like the Invid would totally do that. Yes.
1: Yes. Claw their way in to destroy every last remnant of I'm you. I'm
0: telling you, man. Rick's got that energy from being, you know, churned down by his best gal on live television. Right. But, th- I mean, does that make
1: him like, man, you know, now, now you've turned that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. Especially, you know, considering all his qualms previously. He's a different person he's yeah, you are so right, like he is going after this ship fully, like I said, man, it's one thing to blow
1: up someone's tank, it's another thing to shoot someone in the face,
0: yeah, willfully he goes into that ship, wow, great point wow i'm I'm really gonna have to think about that, so now imagine now he now he gets into this ship
1: and he's he's stalking, and all of a sudden. There's like 37 videos of Min May's face. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't jack you up too. Like yeah, you're you're in killer mode and it was kind of a reversal where when Rick got called on the, the PA screen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: now in his job, all of a sudden he sees
0: Min May all over the place. Oh, oh, it's a little echo, huh? Yes. Oh, that's some George Lucas poetry right there. Yes, sir. Wow. Good point. So he sees the,
1: the escape pod
0: launch, ship
1: self-destructs, and then uh, we see Rick adrift in space. But then the SDF-1 sounds the all clear, okay? Without like saying, hey, Rick, yep. you okay? <laughs> you know, they just like.
0: Yeah. No, They look, they know communications are down, right? They they're not gonna. They figure he'll be within range soon. But oh, good, he took care of the enemy ship. <laughs>
1: and then the and then the bridge is all like, okay, let's get back to the, the 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 competition.
0: Yes, with Sammy excited that Jan Morris has made it to the final round. So then we uh, cut over to Roy, uh, Roy Max and and Ben and uh, Roy's telling him um, that they fixed it to promote Jan Morris. That it's, uh, it's, you know, Linman May is not going to win. Then uh, Lunk, sorry, Mean Ben, says they uh, couldn't do that because the people decide. Such a young way of looking at the world.
1: And then the bridge debates if anyone can beat Jan, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And they're down to the five finalists.
1: Yeah, so the last five are picked by the judges, but now the people will vote.
0: So they're using a voting box, which is, again, kind of cool, you know, because we've actually seen it in TV and yes. in, like the early 2000s. And I 2000s. like
1: how the little um, uh, lights go up behind the person they're voting for, you know?
0: Yeah. And Jan's there re- ready to receive her prize. Yes. Yeah, so the
1: judge announces they have a winner and Jan gets ready to stand up.
0: Yeah. To look humble while doing it. Yes. And then it's announced that Lin Min May is the winner. And she looks over like, what?
1: Like out of a a soap opera, you know? Yes,
0: yeah, shocked. But I got to say, she then accepts that newfound fame with ease.
1: And Rick kind of wakes up and sees that she won.
0: And says Min May.
1: Okay, and then the narrator comes on.
0: I gotta say, real real quick, I gotta no, say... No, no, no,
1: you can't say nothing. You can't say nothing. Say what the narrator said. Because it's his perfect voice to perfectly close it. And what does he say?
0: As if by magic, one of Minmay's wildest dreams have come true. Unfortunately, Rick is unable to share in this dream. Only seeing a world he fears he cannot enter.
1: Wasn't that perfect?
0: Oh, it's... it's come on. Come
1: yes. On. Okay, so what were you going to say? Sorry.
0: I was going to say, I, I'm still worried about how Rick's going to get back. He was obviously knocked out and you get some brain damage with that. And the only thing we hear him say is, you know, in May. It, just imagine you wake up from being knocked out and you see the girl you love in a in a crown and cloak. You know, you wouldn't have immediate context for it.
1: Right, but if you're able to put it all together, you know, she, and you say she won, like, you know... But he's enough there. He's not suffering permanent damage, and he knows what happened,
0: you know? Just like you say, the, the narrator wraps it up because, you know, he has these cogent thoughts about how great for her, but he sees this is not a, a road I can go down with her. And it is, it's, it's a beautiful ending. You know, it's a sad right. ending, but it's a right. beautiful ending.
1: Yes, because, like, can he even know how to go down that road with her, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, as a kid, it I didn't understand it. It's just a bunch of smart people putting together a story. That's what it yeah. is.
1: Oh, yeah. And it and comes together perfectly, man. And like I said, man, this is one of the best episodes because it reflects the divergence between Rick and Minmay and where exactly they separate. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know the the struggle though of them trying to keep it together. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 wanting of a love that you that that's just lost. You you can't whether you want it or not. It's not in your stars. You know.
0: Yeah, 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 and them kind of well. At least Rick really realizing that. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a sad way to end this episode. But there we go, folks. That's how we're ending it. Uh, we've done it. That's episode nine for you. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening so much. And yes. uh, I know we've had some uh, pauses in between uh, episode releases, but we do promise to get back on our weekly schedule.
1: And again, just thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And again, once we get to 500 followers on our instagram it's not going to be anything super amazing but i'm sure any robotech fan will appreciate
0: what you'll get so join us on our crusade to 500 but also join us next week uh we're gonna break down episode 10 um again you know i can't i can't thank you enough uh professor from the uh robotech forums he and I have gone back and forth with uh, some emails, and he really helps me out and, and, and has given me a lot of insight. And that's what I like. I like sitting here and talking about things, um, both in, in a realistic world and a theoretical world, and then also, uh, you know, what are people's motivations? Again, probably giving more, more thought into it than the writers themselves in some cases. And in some cases, it's evident that I didn't give it nearly enough. But that's what I like. So, you know, engage us. Join us. Send us a message on Instagram, on Twitter, at uh, Reflex Point. Uh, you can find our website at reflexpoint.podbeam.com. And uh, if you have any requests or uh, if you'd like to be a guest, you know, send me an email.
1: Yeah, please. Even if you don't want to be a guest, give us some feedback. We'd
0: love to hear it. Absolutely. So... Thank you, guys. We hope to see you next week. And, uh, Paul, thank you. Can't wait for the next one. I agree. I agree. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Everybody stay safe. Stay healthy. Reflex Point
0: out.